0: The following podcast is scheduled for one-off with no time. Super
1: Hot Fire, the greatest spectacle in podcast entertainment.
0: Mr. That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you. The are inspiring J.C.
1: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this. No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, no, a no, 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 You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is The Jobber, jobber.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is NestleMania. Alongside for the ride is JC. JC, we're in like, I think, four weeks away from WrestleMania backlash. I'm not really sure. I don't know, but Nestle.
1: Da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Can you dig it, sucker? Why am I saying Booker T's theme? Because NestleMania, it has been five years, five years. Five years since we started doing this fucking dance. What are your thoughts
0: about that? Five years of the knocker, folks. Uh, special thank you to everybody that's ever been associated. I, I, I always want to give a special. First off, the, the first person that ever believed in us, besides you and me, was our boy, the original intern Trav. So this is a special shout out to him. He he got at the Knocker going uh, in different ways. Uh, you know Guthrie doing all the the, the beginning everything of the you hear Guthrie every, every week. show. He's the
1: he's the pipesy here to kick us off.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, and you know the support he has. Everybody obviously and part of the staff. I mean, there's literally like so many. I mean, even Aaron. I mean, he I know he's not part of it anymore, but Aaron was a, a good part of it too. But you know the originals were there, but then also like just people we have now. I think there's like nine of us or something like that. Like just. I, I guess I'll rattle him off as much as I can, and I'm sorry if I forget because I have no sleep on me, but there's obviously JC, who I want to give a special shout-out to because, honestly, when I approached pr- him with it, he didn't laugh at me, so thank you for that. Uh, but also, I internally laughed. Yeah, of course. You probably went, what is this? This is terrible. I want to give a special <laughs> shout-out to our boy, Billy, who's always been a huge supporter of us, and, and he's been doing his own thing with his podcast and stuff, and Billy's such a wonderful person, human being, inside and out, so I just want to give a special shout-out to Billy. Um Huge thank you to the boys, the brothers Quinn. These guys have been tirelessly working for years. I say working. Hopefully that isn't a cringe for them. Uh, hopefully it's not a job. But uh, TJ, especially uh, with the NXT and especially with the, you know, tpublic.com slash knocker, he's taken that entire thing over. Uh, Daniel, buy the merch! Buy the merch. Uh, I just bought the new JKP, NWO shirt. Go buy it. it I'm, I'm excited to wear it when it comes. And a an Nestlemania mug because I'm vain. Um, also, <laughs> Danny has been amazing since the beginning as well. I want to give a special shout-out to him. Of course, we got our boy Ray Ray of the JK. We've got, uh, you know, who's been jet-setting across the world in uh, certain three letters we can't say he works for. And then, of course, you know, the Joe Stopper who has been grammar-trolling the fuck out of me all the time, and I love him, but, you know, sometimes I want to strangle him. Uh, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I love you, Joe. Uh, and then, of course, like the the additions of, you know, just Danny with one N. And then, of course, you know, our boy Dom, who have been just like, they're just so positive. I can't say good, enough good things about those two specifically. Special shout out for Leo because Leo, not well, we'll do Leo the dog for Ray Ray and Leo the person, the boy uh, for our boy Danny as well. Um, there's been so many supporters over the years. I'm I'm clearly going to be forgetting somebody, I'm sure. Um, but I just wanted to give a special shout out to the people. Our that boy
1: have- Conway, who has also joined recently. Yes, he, Conway uh, takes care of the New Japan. Also, formerly our NXT UK writer, the real deal, B Cox.
0: Yes, for a true. long
1: time he was. Uh, we, you know, he had to he had to step away for a bit. But um, yeah, but no, I mean, you mentioned Dom there. I don't know if uh, we officially announced it on the podcast, but with NXT moving to Tuesday nights, Dom has taken over. Uh, the mantle from TJ. So Dom is doing double duty right now with NXT and Impact. So if you're checking out our website, which you could should, jobberknocker.com, you're getting all the Dom, baby. And we all love getting all the Dom because he puts his own Dom spin on everything. That's great. Yeah, he's gonna have... always a always a fun read with Dom.
0: Dom's a good guy. He's a great guy. Follow him. He actually, unfortunately, got locked out of his Twitter account, apparently. So if you need to follow the new Dom account, it's at dummyfeds 33 JK. I think everybody oh, except me is gonna of the JK. That's going to fuck
1: me up when I have to read shit, huh?
0: Yeah, I know. So, sorry. <laughs> I, see, I think it's literally me, Danny, and uh, Conway are the only ones that aren't of the JK. And maybe Billy. But that's okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I just on a serious note, thank you for everybody that has been along and hanging out with us. And we have a lot of fun. And when it's not fun, we'll stop doing it. That's really what, it, what we always say.
1: Yep, and now that we're done fluffing each other's cocks, <laughs> I think it's time to get into the program. Uh, we will get to some of the releases in the finish. Our boy Joe uh, wrote a great article for jobberknocker.com like he did last year of where some of those releases can go, so check that out. But we will also discuss it in the finish, as well as hit on NXT and AEW. But WrestleMania, we start in the shine of Raw and SmackDown. And like you mentioned, uh, we're like four weeks away from this WrestleMania backlash thing. Maybe not the best, but there is one thing. That got me super excited this week. And I know you're gonna be on the same page. It started in a backstage segment, and when I heard the most dangerous three and a half letters in sports entertainment, R.K. Bro. this is like we we have all these rental interactions with different people every week, and every single one is so fucking good. I never thought about how fucking amazing it would be to have him interact with Randy Orton. Cause Randy Orton is just such a serious character pretty much all the time. So to have this fucking gigolo coming around in a scooter, making jokes when Randy's cutting this serious promo in this like very like dark storyline with all these like extracurricular, like supernatural type things going on. And you have Riddle just scooting on through it. It was just like the interaction was so good and you could just tell Randy, the perfect reaction. Just staring at him and just walks away. And then we, of course, got the match in Nestlemania. I don't normally gush over TV matches, but I'm gushing over this TV match.
0: Oh, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, I You took the words right out of my mouth with the uh, just the spinning in general. Like, I can get you a scooter. <laughs> I can put some fangs on it. And then he walked away and he was like, no fangs. Get it? And he, like, even the guy was just like, no, no, not a good one. But again... He he hits multiple segments. Like he hits, uh, he did it with the new day afterwards. And mm-hmm. Like the new day did a good enough job, and then like he leaves, and they're like, "You know what he's talking about?" No, but he's still ridiculous. Like they, you know, like <laughs> the way that they continue to move on with that is just great. I think he is officially, in my opinion, 2021 specifically, he has carried RAW in terms of segment he's, to segment. Oh, like his
1: entertainment value. It's like this is we've seen it with RAW over the years, where. We've seen, like, Miz take over that show as a guy who can take a lot of segments. We've seen KO take over that show sometimes. The guy took a lot of segments. Seth Rollins did it for better or for worse for a lot. But, like, with that three-hour format, you really need someone who you can interweave throughout the night and really carry a heavy load. And this guy, like, no matter what he does, whether you, like, it's just entertain in some value, whether it's by design or not by design. it just he is clicking on all cylinders. Like, they, I think part of the reason they realize like, this fucking guy doesn't need a title because he is the most entertaining thing on television. Like without the title, you can have him bounce around and do more things. He's a plug and play guy. It just, it's, I can't say enough about riddle and what he's become. And like the, uh, the amount of star power he has. And he's a guy like when the crowds come back, I am so excited to see it because I just feel like he's a person. Everyone can get behind because it's just the excitement level. He brings is just so unique. And he makes you care about things by not caring about things.
0: If that makes any sense yeah no, no, and i think the other thing too that I, I i actually posed this question not not to actually get an answer but this is something in my head now that you talked about it where you said oh i didn't even think about him as an interaction with randy orton i'm trying to go through my head and try to figure out can this guy literally have a good segment with every not wrestling but i mean can any can he have a literal like haha fun segment with just about anybody I think so. I, like honestly, like cause even if whether it's someone who has a good personality, a bad personality,
1: a serious personality, uh, I, I can't like you know. It's just no matter who they've thrown him back there with. It's like you think about it with the Hurt Business, the New Day. He made the Lucha House Party tolerable. He's done stuff with Asuka, now. Randy Orton, Sheamus, just like like even with Adam Pearce, like you know, anything he does, like it just it's entertaining because he plays off the personality and the other people don't have to play that hard off his personality because it sells itself. Cause no matter what reaction they have to him, it's entertaining because he is such a unique character on the show that it just, I don't know. It's, it's working right now. I don't know if it'll work forever, but right now it is the best thing week to week. And it is one of the few things where I literally sit back and I'm enjoying and it's, just it's, it's good television. It's very good television.
0: The other thing we're kind of bearing the lead here, clean victory over Randy Orton. Yes. Which was a the, uh, the roll up.
1: When, uh, when, when that type of roll up is the kind of time where like us roll up hater boys don't mind it. Because it's like that shock victory of an underdog catching someone by surprise. I, that's a good time to use it. We see WWE use it way too much, but this was an effective use of it. And I just like it created a cool like moment like, oh, shit. Because none of us thought Riddle was winning that match. Did you think Riddle was winning this match? No way. Hell no. We all thought it was like Randy Orton just beat the fiend. He's on top of the world. He's pretty much unbeatable because he's Randy Orton. But then just like it's one of those things. that's like Randy Orton doesn't take clean outs to too many people. So when he does, it's it's usually a pretty indicative of where we're headed.
0: Yeah. See, I I, I don't know. Like I. I'm thinking about it more and more, and I'm, I'm trying to get to myself like, where do we go from here? Are they going to be RK Bro? Are they going to have a long feud? Because no, honestly, I think they might milk it a little more, but I think this is probably something that we're going to have as a one off to kind of, you know, take
1: a break from the. Because I it sure doesn't it feel like the Fiend and Horton there might actually like interact more. Because I feel like obviously right now the feud seems to be Alexa and Fiend, but it sure feels like to me that like, somehow Randy Orton and Alexa are going to end up semi-aligned because I feel like all that black goo stuff wasn't by accident. You know what I mean? The fact that she was the one now oozing it, but like she wasn't making it come out of Randy. I feel like there's some sort of link between them now to keep this going, but they haven't really done anything with it yet by letting Randy do his own thing. But this is, I think, what's been so good about the booking of this feud is in WWE, they usually just like have these guys mash heads every week. But this feud is like they've been pulling them apart, letting like Randy do his own projectile, and they bring him back. And it sure seems like we might be doing it again. And it's just, it's, it's honestly, it's masterful storytelling.
0: No, they did a great job with it, and I get, and I'll have probably more in my. I feel like the hope for Nestlemania has become just a detective I like it. spot. So I like it. Honestly, that's. I mean, that, I, I, it sounds awful, but I have been doing more and more and more research on stuff with Dom, just because. I mean, I'm fascinated by the conspiracy theories, and I'm, I'm, am a good tin, tin foil hat man. Like I, I. I, I I love me some grassy Knoll shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will do that every single time. So, we can talk more about that later. Is there anything else that you really enjoyed this week in the shine?
1: Uh, on Raw? I just have to say this, because hashtag always in the shine. Mandy looked like a snack this week. Who <sighs> I just like... Oh! Straight hair? I care. Uh, no, but she's super hot fire every time she's on TV. I love I love the, the, the pink of everything. I just like... I mean...
0: Josh, who the fuck is Josh? Sorry, J.C. can't deal with it, sorry. But from from one
1: blonde to another, uh, Ms. and Ms. TV, a lot of fun. It's just these two, like, I don't know if you actually watch Miz and Mrs. I do, and I look forward to it every week. It's so fun. You can tell so much of it is scripted, but it doesn't matter because there's enough, like, truth in it where it's, like, something probably happened, and they're like, oh, let's just blow this up and make it even more ridiculous. Like, their relationship is, like, they're, like, probably the most like the ideal fun couple that everyone want to hang with because there's so much ridiculous. And it was nice that they brought a little bit of that to raw to Ms. TV. Uh, we're still doing stuff with Damian priest, which whatever it's we're heading to WrestleMania backlash. So we got to kind of get through it, but I thought it was a lot of fun. And I do think that for a guy like priest, especially cause he kind of really did take a seat to bad bunny as he should have. Now that he's kind of there on his own, he needs more of these type segments where even if he fails a little, I think it's okay because it's giving him more exposure against a guy who, literally as a heel, makes everyone else better. But I think it'll let Priest get better on the mic. It'll give Priest the chance to show more of what he can do in the ring. So I thought everything doing with this was a positive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoyed the Miz TV segment. I thought that was great. Um, I I've, I've wanted to watch Miz and Miz, but Miz and, Miz and Mrs., excuse me. But I just I my my as you can tell, my calendar is full. Um, if barely... you ever
1: have 20 minutes, man, it's the best 20 minutes you'll spend a week. Just dvr it or save yeah. it and checking it whenever you can't sleep or you have 20 minutes. just It is it is a freaking Unf- riot.
0: Unfortunately, I have a lot on my plate. But I will check it out at some point because obviously the Miz with the real world obviously knows how to work that camera. So I, I, I know he knows what he's doing. Um, but in terms of the actual thing, like... Once Priest came out, I kind of got disenchanted with it. I didn't necessarily believe that it was something fun anymore. We've already seen it. I get what they're doing. Like, he won with his pants down and whatever. Like, I get that. Now they're trading wins, which whatever it is, what it is, 50-50, we don't really care. Uh, Maurice helped him. They they did the whole thing. where Like, they tried to to, to put all the pieces back together where, okay, last week didn't work. We tried it again, went to the well too many times. And then, of course, he lost. And, of course, she has got to pick up the pieces with her man. I get that. But it's just... I'm kind of over it in a way, like, and I and I think part of it, and I, I don't, I don't mean any disrespect at all, because I think, like I've said, Priest is very good. I just don't necessarily think he's for me. So yeah, you're not a Priest guy. I'm not really either, but like, I I do think he's someone that is can
1: definitely have a big role. Sure, he'll just never be my favorite. Right. Maybe if he gets a big heel turn someday, I'll buy in a little bit. But I'm just, I'm not. I think the interest is cool. With I love the flaming yeah. arrow. Like that's cool. But it just it doesn't. I don't. He's not a guy that I'll probably ever really root for, unless he gets a monster heel run. So I think we're on the same page, but I think we both agree that talent is there.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, you know what's hard for me, and I, this is just me, me being me, is I kind of miss the, the— like, they talked about it last night in commentary, which was he was from the underground. He had all these things. Like, he was the guy in the back of the hot tub with the chicks and stuff. I want that because at least that was some type of character. Now I just get, yeah, like, a, mean, guy, a guy yeah. that Flaming Arrow, like, great, wonderful, and you do some cool, like, rager, he look, He's, like, he's literally, to me, he's, like, the Puerto Rican Diesel or, like, the Puerto Rican Razor Edge. Like, that's what he is to me. And, like, that's fine because he's he's going to be good. But the character that he had in NXT was at least better than what he is now, and he's, like, stripped away. And I don't know if that's because he's got to have that kid-friendly kind of feeling, although everybody's saying bitch nowadays on on everything. So it's, like, who knows where we lie in terms of content,
1: you know? So, what you brought up there, I think, is an amazing point of why we see a lot of these people that we love down at NXT, these characters, flop and struggle on the main rosters. Because on NXT, they put so much into the character work, whether it, they'll have some segments that are good and some that aren't. But the two that I'm really watching for, are they're the two New Rock people, it's Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Like, Rhea pretty much got shotgunned into a title right now, and Damian Priest is already in a big role, but like... They're not really doing the character work with them. They're just throwing them out there for the segments like people who are already established, which, yes, they're established for us who watch NXT, but it's a much bigger audience on Monday Night Raw. And they're seeing these new people and they're not getting the characters. So what you bring up is an amazing point of why this where WWE doesn't do justice to these guys is that. We need a little more for these two in particular of like those character type segments as opposed to just like the weekly segments. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a vignette or it's a backstage like. So I think that's a great point that you brought up because that's something I think we need to watch the next few months specifically for Priest and Ripley and anyone else who possibly could get called up is what are they doing to further their character on the main roster, not just relying on their past NXT success.
0: I would kill for vignettes because here's here's my here's my plus column for a vignette, right? The reason why I think a vignette works, regardless of the talent behind it, right, it creates a buzz, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, you can do it to anybody, whether it's somebody that you're really excited for, or somebody like a Skinner, or like a a Doink the Clown, or like, you know, somebody that you don't necessarily, you're like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, but you start talking about it, and every single week you're going, I'm getting a minute and a half of this, I, I don't understand it, because then you have to see it in the ring for it to make sense to you. And I love that. I absolutely love that, and I miss that because when I tuned into WWF Superstars as a kid, they would always do it. When Razor Ramon came out, I was just like, what is this? I, I hadn't seen Scarface, but I was just looking at it going, there's just some guy who oozes machismo with a big, giant chain. But then he got in the ring, and I was like, this guy's awesome, you know? And so, but it made you think about these things, and they lack that. They don't do jobber matches as much anymore with a local talent. They do it with their own talent now, and they don't do... Vignette matches, so it just, or sorry, vignettes rather, and it just, it it boggles my mind that the recipes are there, they just don't use them. Yeah, and I will
1: say, leading up to Ripley, we did have those couple packages, but it didn't give us a lot. But I will say, because I think, um, I do have one more thing on Raw that I kind of like, but I think it's more of a transitional piece, so we'll go to SmackDown. But case in point was Bianca Belair was on the main roster for a year, and they did, they did almost nothing with her, but like, then they tried to do some of her character, but she succeeded because she's so good and she eventually like they put her in that spotlight and she took it but that brings me to honestly what was my favorite part of smackdown i'm curious your take on it but i really enjoyed the bianca segment because there's something about her and it's always kind of been a thing where you know they obviously she'd like debuted as a heel but once they started to make her a baby face like she's one of the people when i'm watching and especially now that we know her backstory more and more with like through other avenues and stuff is like I really want to root for her, and I always find myself, whenever she's on TV, I always want her to succeed, and I'm smiling, and I feel like that isn't always a thing, but like, her character is something they've obviously made us invest in. She's obviously now on top, so it's a different thing, but it just it's... i It wasn't her uh, segment with the Street Profits a little corny. Sure, but I still, when I'm looking back at SmackDown, looking at everything that happened there, I'm like, this is probably my favorite part because it just... shes re- I, I relate to her story, and I want to see her succeed. I don't know if you feel the same way.
0: No, I, I definitely want to see her succeed. And I think that she's a, you know, a breath of fresh air when it comes to what's going on. Um, my hope is that they reign it back a little bit. So, because you can, have, And we've talked about this a lot. You get that G golly gosh mentality of just being a baby yeah. face to which they turn on you. And I, I think that she's doing, she's okay. a
1: badass. So they need to let her continue to be one. I, and I think that they will, because I think there's enough, like, even if they give her cheesy stuff, if she cheeses for, like, a few sentences, like, I think she's such a badass that she can flip it because of that bravado and confidence, that EST, so to speak. I think that kind of always brings it back a little so we don't completely lose it.
0: Yeah, and again, I I totally agree with you, but going forward, I don't know where we're going to be headed with this because obviously we're probably going to get a rematch. Yes,
1: which honestly, I'm okay in this, for this one thing, I do think it's something that I want to see again because I think these two, I think they could even elevate and build off what they did, which I can't always say about most feuds, but it's also when I'm looking at SmackDown, like, yeah, I think Bailey makes a lot of sense eventually, but I do want to see Sasha get a rematch because I think these two, especially, we talked about the lead in the WrestleMania not being good. To me, that means they can do more work the next uh, next couple weeks to kind of like put
0: a bow on what they've done so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. What Do you like anything else on SmackDown this week? Uh, I mean, the little things I popped for, uh, just the fact that Roman Reigns said I Babe Ruthed it, I called it, I chuckled when he said that specific phrase. Mm-hmm. But the, the the whole, like, beating down the locker room, Cesaro comes out great, wonderful, we'll end there. I, so I, you, so I, do, I will ask this because, I mean, a lot of the execution wasn't my
1: favorite, but I was surprised to see Cesaro in this situation already. And honestly... I'm all for it because we talk about all the time WWE not always maximizing on momentum. And Cesaro, obviously, has been building momentum for a few months now. And obviously, like, that WrestleMania win, like, that that's like a, a mountaintop. You know, we assume he, it still seems like, obviously, with what happened at the end, that he has a little more to do with Seth. But I at least like that they gave us that little appetizer, that tease that been like, no, Cesaro's ready to challenge Roman and I think that, to me, I think is very exciting. Do I love how they eventually did it throughout the night? No, but I think that the fact that they at least like put him there tells us, okay, this guy means something right now, at least.
0: I think the the heart's in the right place, right? Mm-hmm. Like their 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 ideas in the right place. But what? And again, the only reason I'm super critical is because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, one, I work in television or I have worked in television too for for a while, but also as a fan of watching this up three, but also from a different aspect of being a fan. I've seen a lot over the years. I've seen it over uh, almost 30 years of watching, and I just sit to myself and I think, there's more to it, I'm sure, but we'll talk about it in the heat when we get there. There's one other thing that I thought surprised the fuck out of me, which I did not think it was going to be good at all, was the Dirty Dogs winning. And I thought it was a fun tag match with with the Street Profits. It was good tag team wrestling. I thought it was probably the match on SmackDown to watch, in my opinion, because a lot of it was just passe. (laughs) You know, there wasn't a lot going on. They went out of their way to make it fun, and they won cleanly. I say cleanly, but it was really a blind tag, but still counted clean. And I did not expect that because I thought based on what Bel Air had said, like, in this family, we win championships, so you better handle your business. And I went, when I heard that, I said, oh, okay, like, now she's rubbing off on her husband and her tag team partner or the tag team partner. That was cool. Okay, got the momentum. You surprised me again. So for a tag match, I thought that was really well done, especially with the the way the tag team division is on both shows. Three, actually, all three Smackdown divisions.
1: SmackDown at least, now they like, I know Raw has a team back, which will help, but SmackDown at least, like, the last like two months or so they've actually i feel like they've kind of built the division here with at least like the four top teams like we know who they are if you throw in the other uh, the other tag match that uh, the mysterios and like otis gable like at least we like kind of have some semblance of a division. my only worry with this is that i hope they're doing it so they kind of like build the street profits back up so they get that underdog world again and can go because honestly when i they're still my favorite tag team right now like in wwe by far uh, on the main roster like, they're just so fun, and I'm scared that they're going to try to pull the trigger too soon and break them up. I'm not ready for that yet. I, I, I'm fine with everyone breaking up someday, but I just think this team, like, and what they bring, especially right now, like, when you have this gaping hole of a division sometimes, I don't want them to break them up. So that's my worry by doing that, being like we win championships. I don't want there to be dissension yet. I, I don't know about you, but I'm just not ready for that because I think they are. When I look at WWE, they're one of the few tag teams where it's like no matter when they're on TV, I'm interested. Even if it's not a good segment, I'm still interested because of them. And to me, like, I the match was fun. These two teams always have good chemistry. But, like, the Dirty Dogs, just like, I know that when they won the title, I actually don't hate them as a team, but I just feel like they haven't really done anything. And it's just I care more about the other three teams, and these guys are just kind of there. So I need I need a little more to make me like really remember that the dirty dogs exist. Essentially,
0: <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. And the only thing I could think in my head was that I don't see the street profits leaving for a while, like ripping I hope apart. Not. Because here's the other thing too that that's on the table, and they don't WWE hates leaving money on the table. And this is I think you have brought it up before, but this is a money feud in my opinion. Street profits versus USOs. So I, I don't see yeah. that I don't see that 100%. going anyway. And I think that uh, that right there is just. Heel spit spitting fire, and then babyface is spitting fire, and then then they then they sniff a Roman main event. Maybe Montez gets a you know a smile of it or uh, you know a little bit of it, like or even Dawkins because Dawkins has got the best hot tag in the biz, you know. And so as as our boy Billy would say, um, but it is what it is. So I I, I believe very much that they're okay. They're going to be fine. Um, I don't have honestly, even, I don't have a lot to say that it was good. All right, so I have a transition piece because the reason why I'm
1: putting this half in the shine is because. We haven't, literally, I, I, we've been frustrated with this division for a long, long, long time because they haven't really used it or they've kind of thrown them in with the tag. But finally, the Raw woman's title feels like it has meaning. And I thought there had been the last couple weeks a lot of very good. There's also a lot of very bad because of just whatever. But I do think the promo, obviously, Charlotte's doing her thing as a heel. You know I love it. And I know you're starting to come around a little too. But that, like, that, like that, for me, is... One of my favorite things is when she's a heel, but I I do, I know you mentioned it earlier, but when Oscar called her a bitch, it was just one of those things where it's like in a segment that, you know, it was fine. It probably wouldn't have been memorable, but her doing that at least like, it kind of like, like when I was like dozing through watching raw, it caught my attention. It made me perk up and I was like, okay, I know they do it a lot now, but this one I thought was very effective, especially because Charlotte sold it when heel Charlotte's facials are very good. So whatever what happened later was was obviously Rhea got her revenge uh in the match where she distracted Charlotte and then um I don't know how you feel about this but I thought it was kind of fun with Charlotte beating up refs to go off the air you know and now apparently Adam Pierce has suspended her so you can transition to the heat if you want because um, I do think there was some bad in here too but for a division that really hasn't had storylines or you know really been focused on I do like now that they're legit like we have three top dogs and it's at least one of the more compelling parts of raw even when it's bad in my opinion so
0: I I was gonna give Charlotte my comeback this week but I decided to go against it because I knew we were gonna talk more about it. Um, I really really appreciate the character work of Charlotte because at least she's a bitch at least she's gonna bring out what it's really like like she called out all the fakes and she also said something that really perked this is where this is to me this is a fine line where you can you can enter this realm. But I'll explain why I'm nervous about it as well. I enjoyed when she talked about the fact that the women didn't like each other. Women are fake, women are catty, which I understand, and that's fine. And that's, that's part of life. People just don't like people, regardless. And I understand that, and there's going to be voices, male or female, we're not, we're regardless of whatever the situation is, whomever is there, they're always going to have whispers because people are competitive, people want to be on top, all that stuff. I get that. But what I'm worried about is that, quite frankly, the WWE doesn't handle something like this by spoon-feeding or crumbs. They kind of just, like, splat it all over the place, and they just make it worse. And I'm nervous of it because I'll explain this very quickly. It's just a one note. Because then Alexa Bliss said something where she said, the Raw Women's Division, and then used the word bitch. So what I'm nervous about is that they're going to turn the entire Raw division into some catty, just not a good representation of like the com- the competitor, but more of like going backwards and saying things like hair pulling, calling each other bitch and, and cat fighting and all that. Like, To me, that's my worry because you've gone so far beyond that now where the women are the best part of the show or the women are main eventing and the, they're doing all this great stuff. So it, it is true. It is a part of life. I get that. But you have to walk a fine line for it to make sense and not be tasteless and put women back five, ten years. That, that's what I'm so worried about. The,
1: I, I understand the worry, definitely. But this is why I'm not worried. Because when I look at this division, Charlotte, absolute badass. Rhea Ripley, absolute badass. Asuka, absolute badass. Alexa Bliss, badass in her own way, as in she has one of the best characters in the company, period. Never mind. So if you're looking at those top four, it's like... They're, they, we see it. They get catty with some of the undercard stuff, with which, whatever. It, it is what it is. It's always gonna be a thing. Just like some of the men. Like there's some people that just always do the ha ha segments, and it's never, never any meat with it. But when I look at those four, the four pillars of the Raw women's division, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think it will. Will there be pieces of it? Sure. There's always gonna be a little bit of it. That's just how it is. But I just think those four women are two badasses that they like. Even if WWE, even if the writing tries to pull you that way. These women are so strong. They're just going to bust through it and be like, fuck you. You can't hold us back. And I just, I think, I think they're just, they're just, it's just so different now. Um, So I, I'm just telling you that so you can put your mind at ease because these women
0: will not let it happen. Not on their watch. Yep. That's no, fine. I'm okay with it. I just wanted to say what I had to say. Cause again, it, 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 oh, no, I don't disagree with you because I, you're definitely right.
1: But I just think that with those four pillars, I think it's just, there's too much badassness for them to be
0: brought down again. I, I am I'm subscribing to your theory. I just – I am nervous. I, and I get – I'm a nervous nestle. A, a, a nervous a nestle. Nervous <laughs> nestle, yeah. Anxious Adam, as some of my friends call me.
1: Oh, my God. Look at that. Yeah. N-N-A-A. I yeah, love there it. there you go. Uh, I no, love I'm, the
0: correlations of the first letters. You know that. Yeah, of course. You love alliteration. Who doesn't? I know a nope. boy Troll probably does. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the heat. Get him off my TV. Let's do it. Let's get that Monday night rerun going, folks. What am I wearing right now, in WrestleMania? Monday night rerun t-shirt at Pro Wrestling. Why am I wearing it? Because you ready? Uh, uh, we had some reruns. Uh,
1: so on SmackDown, this wasn't on a Monday, but Nat- Natty squashes Shayna again. Not even worth talking about. Waste of time. Job Viking alerts. Raiders beat Shelfy Shel- 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 and Alexander again in a rerun. We took them out of the heart business just to put over the Viking Raiders, which whatever, but rerun. Uh, the Naomi and Lana versus Shayna and Nia, again, there was a bunch of gaga here with, uh, when Nia went after Mandy because they did the teasing in the middle of the match, but this was also a rerun.
0: Um, is that all the reruns or was there another? Technically we had, we had to talk about Priest and, and Miz, but that's a rerun too. Yeah.
1: What are we run this week?
0: There's a lot of, Oh sorry, and the most egregious of them all, folks, in my opinion, Sami Zayn versus KO in a WrestleMania rematch. I I I oh, I, forgot about I, that. I regurgitate. because <laughs> I just like those guys, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And and so and it's a TV match that guess what? Got a count out. A count out. So it's like it's just I it makes me want to vomit when I hear WrestleMania rematch or like this is a main event anywhere or this You're is You're really going to hate the next. Paper oh meeting. my God. This entire main, <laughs> here's, here's my, is my 10 second theory on why this is way the way it is. WrestleMania backlash simply is because call, called WrestleMania backlash so that NBC Peacock can make it trick people into watching more of it. That's exactly why it is. Well, I think it's just one of
1: those things is, yeah, they think they just wanted to pop in the name WrestleMania, but like, that's kind of how backlash has always been. And to its credit, backlash historically has always been a very good pay-per-view because the second time these people fight it feels like it's a more flushed out match because they have more experience with it but it's just in terms of us for guys that love the stories and the week-to-week stuff it's always a rough thing which i understand why they do it because you're coming off that wrestlemania high you sprinkle in a new stories a few new stories but sometimes it's easier just to extend you know because you know maybe people take time off as we see on raw with uh, some champions missing but uh but yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting. But I do, uh, I, I saw you tweet about it, so I don't know you were upset at me. But you know, we're big Kofi Kingston guys. A lot of people are. Mm-hmm. He lost the fucking Elias this week.
0: Yeah, and with uh, with uh, your boy Xavier Woods playing Ugh. the bass. By the way, just wanted to let you know, Nestle fact. I actually learned how to play the bass because I thought that way I'd be in bands because nobody, nobody plays the bass. Nobody wants to be a bassist in a band, so I thought I'd be like as a kid, be like, oh yeah, they'd always want me in their band because I don't have to be a guitarist or a singer or drummer, and I could be a bassist. First song that I learned, Stone Cold Steve Austin's, because it's the easiest thing to play on the bass. So when he played it, I popped. But that was about it. That was that was the extent of how excited I got for that matchup. And then I was more. I was hurt. I was butt hurt, head hurt, elbow hurt, all sorts of hurt. Hurt business all over me. When Kofi Kingston lost, I was, I was upset. I was offended as a fan that you would let a world champion lose to honky-tonk man, literally losing his money that's what he looks like it makes absolutely no sense to me not one not one cent does it make sense super hot garbage super hot diarrhea
1: that's oh, what i think boy, it is.
0: That's, that just sounds painful yeah nobody wants a burning butthole it's just weird yeah sorry so it's got a weird other, turn
1: yeah but that's why I'm gonna, I'm gonna move us on here uh the other big theme we really haven't talked about and Um, I know there was one big positive that came out of all this, but I want to start specifically with Drew McIntyre, because I'm not getting excited for him anymore, and I wrote this down, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I think as of this moment, I'm pretty over Drew McIntyre. I just feel like there hasn't been anything to make me care lately, and obviously, like, just, I don't know, for me, I just, I need to see something different from him, I like he still comes out with the big shawty sword sticks in the ground but it's just like all his promos to me kind of feel like the same it's giving me like the og seth rollins vibe where i felt it was the same thing every week and i just got so bored of it and i still like Drew mcintyre but i just i feel like this is why i wanted him kind of away from the championship i just feel like i'm so over it and now he's still feuding with mvp every week except for there's like two bigger guys as part of the hurt business and I just, I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but I just, I'm really over Drew McIntyre right now, and it's a shame.
0: The ship has sailed. We've talked about this. I think that it is over. I think uh, I think everybody, even including me, I think I'm more fascinated with Bobby Lashley. Like, I'm just fascinated oh, with the presentation. 100%. with it. It's the new kid on the, I mean, not really the new kid, but you appreciate how good he's been, so I think you just kind of fall in love with the idea of Bobby Lashley deserves it. Bobby Lashley looks like a million fucking bucks, and... That that's the way they set him up and make him look like saying the almighty WWE champion. Not just a WWE champion, but he's the almighty. Which makes me feel like godlike. He's not gonna lose that championship. And if he does, it's gonna take a while. Like I would like to see him have it to at least SummerSlam, at least have a real serious run. Maybe Brock beats him. I don't care. But Good Lord. I just I have a theory where I think that McIntyre has done his business, but it's time to ship him off to Smackdown at the draft. I think that it is time to move him over to SmackDown. Maybe even turn him heel. Uh, not necessarily a SmackDown. I was them, thinking but, the same thing. But yeah, I,
1: yeah, the shakeups usually have been like late summer, early fall, so we have some time. But it's sure – I don't know. If he wants to take some time off, I don't think it would hurt him. Um, I'd just take a vacation, dude, come back. Maybe it's a little refresher. But it just – he has – I just – I we have to get the WrestleMania backlash, and I hope he's just away from the title. God forbid I hope he doesn't win it because I just – I need need something fresh there and I think Bobby's just such a nice it's a difference in champion. I need some new challengers for him. I mean we've seen I'd love to see them revisit the riddle thing, obviously like I'm sure we'll get a braun feud. Like there's all there's all sorts of guys that are lined up and it's time for McIntyre to get, get out of the way and kinda of let out someone else have their turn. But I mean the the, the other part of this was obviously we're talking about Mason T bar came out um, and it was a handicap match, but then Braun came out, became a tag match and but McIntyre I will say the one thing that got me interested in him this week is he himself got DQ because he lost control by ripping off Mace's mask and beating him with it, which then Braun brought, brought. Oh, you smash! I want smash! He takes off T-Bar's mask and smashy smashy on him afterwards. So we had the two big Kahunis uh, beating up the other two big Kahunis with their own masks. But the big takeaway is that T-Bar and Mace we will hopefully never have to see in masks again.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a positive. I will say that's a, if we had to get through all this. That's all I got for positives in this whole idea. Yeah, that. So I feel like here's here's what I'm going to unpack in my own head. Right. OK, so we have will they won't they join the hurt business? I get that. That's a question. Great. Wonderful. They have the masks off. That's great. Like. I'm okay with it because Dio and and Jack are way better probably with just being able to not be handcuffed with that, which is great. Reckoning apparently moved over to SmackDown, so that'll be interesting in the SmackDown. Did not know that. Good to know. So that's a thing. Slapjack could be on Cruiserweights 205. I have no fucking clue. I love Shane Thorne, but God damn it. He'll probably pop up to job to people on Raw is my guess, because he is an incredibly gifted seller. Even with a mask on, which is incredibly hard yeah. to do, by the way. Which uh, hopefully no.
1: totally just take it off him, too. I mean, you know what?
0: He was originally part of MVP's original stable with the Vink. So. I forgot about the Vink. Thank you yeah. for bringing that up. Oh, my <laughs> God. I forgot about the Vink. Um, no yeah, COVID it,
1: happened. And I think he got stuck overseas, and he's just never come back.
0: So. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that just made me pop. I There's so much that I could really talk about, but the one thing that really aggravated the hell out of me was – and your, your, your boy or our boy that Joe Stopper says – this, He said, Braun screamed at the end. He's like, you take off the mask, and all you do is smash things, and dad, I hope somebody remembers you. And I was like, wait a minute. Pump the brakes. <laughs> you moron. Like, you are the hey, stupid we, we did You are the come stupid, about him being stupid I was going to say, like, I know he's an intelligent <laughs> human being, but, like, dude, look in the mirror. You started with a black sheet mask on your head, and all you do is smash shit. It's so like, what are you doing? What are you, you think doing? they did
1: that on purpose, though?
0: Because no, I think, I think no, not. No, here, no, here's
1: my theory, Nestle. Here's my theory. Because I think part of the reason why we all love Braun and why he's a babyface again is because he's stupid like the rest of us. So it's more him as a stupid idiot who is more relatable than oh him God. as serious Braun. Like hundred percent. So I could see the writers thinking that they were funny being like haha. Bra needs to wear a mask and smash things. So let's have him make a joke. I get to me like you talk about these people like being smart because they are. They just have to deal with a lot of shit. So sometimes their product comes off garbage. I, I to me it felt like a little like little Easter egg or something in there just for just to give us a little extra laugh at Bra. I think you know, he, to
0: think for fun. I I don't know if you guys can see it. Obviously not because you're not seeing the video. But this is just JC grasping at straws. As he's dripping out of one.
1: Uh, I, I'm drinking my uh, large Charlie cold foam from Dunks. Hey, they're not a sponsor. National cold hey, brew hey, day.
0: I'm gonna, I'm, listen, I'm going to mute you. We don't have sponsorships on this program. A, I'm just telling you what I'm
1: drinking. It's okay. They, they Maybe they want a sponsor. Maybe Charlie listen, wants to sponsor us. I don't know who she is, but she she has a mean coffee choice.
0: Listen. Knockers do not it's run not, on no, so The reason
1: why I said it is today is National cold brew day. Who which cares? Is thing. I'm just saying. It's, I didn't know about it, but that's, I got it for free. So... Shout out National Cold Brew Day. You know what? It's not relevant the
0: rest of the time that someone's not listening today. It's not relevant anymore. It
1: doesn't. I know, but no, no, no. They're not no, going to no, show up no, on a Wednesday relevant. and go get and a the coffee like, oh, and be like, man. it's National Day. I wish,
0: I wish I remembered off the market
1: on my calendar for next year that 420, the only reason it's significant <laughs> is because it's National Cold Brew Day. There's nothing else associated with it at all. Not at 420 all. 420 is National Cold Brew Day. Because the cold brews get you feeling so high. High above me. We've cause lost Because they're this. lovely. Yeah, I mean, I'm out of heat, so.
0: You're out of heat? I
1: do Is there anything left? I don't I don't, I don't know.
0: even think there is. I think we can move on to getting uh, hope. For. Glorious, which isn't a
1: song anymore. You're my only hope. You want to do on uh, Detective, or do you want me to do mine?
0: I'm ready if you want me to go. Hit it. All right. Da-da-da. So here we go. So uh, my hope is really about, yeah, as you wiggle in your chair, that clearly is too. As I shimmy. Yeah. That's a tease. Uh, so basically what I want to say is not necessarily a hope in terms of like what I think will happen, but here's what I've learned, folks. Here's where we're going to go down the rabbit hole. First off, I wanted to let everybody know. I don't know if anybody's looked at Lily very hard as they've done this segment. She has how many teeth, JC? How many? Do you know how many teeth she has?
1: I do not, but they're very big and smiley.
0: She has, I counted, 13 teeth. Ooh, okay. Do I have thirteen teeth? I, never I hope really not. Counted. You're supposed to have twenty-six or thirty-two. Okay. I forget. Somebody okay. is at the dentist. Tell me. Maybe the backcracker being a doc might know. Uh, uh, that's ridiculous. He, what do you he, know? He cracks backs. He doesn't crack, crack teeth. Teeth. Yeah. That'd be a great uh, little segue <laughs> for him. I back teeth. Yeah. What? Okay. Uh, anyway, so she has thirteen teeth. The number thirteen, obviously, in horror films, obviously a big deal. But if you think about it this way, folks. You need a certain number to have a certain thing, folks. 13 might be 13 people, which is for a covenant, which is definitely witchcraft, folks, which is where if you've been watching past promos of Alexa Bliss, she's been doing black witchcraft, which is where the black goo come from, as well as the fact that if you see her in the pentagram circle doing all the seance crap and all that stuff, here's my theory. Lily is the manifestation of some type of darker evil. We'll get to that in a second. But Alexa Bliss, not having the fiend show her the way, decided to go do something in her her own way to kind of learn more and get into a hallway that she didn't know she was going to go down into Black Witchcraft, which is where all this is going to end up. She's not a Scarlet Witch per se, but she might be getting there. But she definitely has gotten some type of witchcraft behavior. And if you haven't, been paying attention. The WWE has put out uh, a lot of copyrights that they want to end up or trademarks with, and I've looked through the list and they may or may not ever use these, but obviously they go in, but they put them out because that's important. They've copyrighted The Witch. They've copyrighted The Covener, which is a big deal. So there's a lot of different witchcrafty things that they're thinking about doing. So I think that this is going to end in a definite weird spiral of black magic for Alexa Bliss. But the other thing, too, that I wanted to get at, which I thought was very, very telling for me, um, Lily might be short for Lilith, which is a mm-hmm. Hindu goddess, or some mm-hmm. type of Satanism thing, which is a big deal, which might be mm-hmm. the reason why um, that people think this is a big deal. Also, there is a theory. It's not mine. I, I, I will subscribe to this theory because I think it's a good theory to go with. Um, in some... Former fashion, I believe it's Hindu, or I think it might be, I think, I can't remember where I found it, but it was either Hindu or Judaism. But they believe that Lilith is, in fact, Shiva, which is what our boy Dom has been looking up when it comes to different things in Hindu, which is starting to connect the dots here. And I believe, if you look at, that there is another person out there that believes that the fiend is actually a demonic entity that everybody believes as I believe I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, but let me know. Uh, Samel, which is what the Fiend is. And the Fiend's as Samel is one dark entity. But do you know who Samel's wife is? (laughs) Lilith. Shiva, essentially. So, the Fiend and Lily could potentially be husband and wife in different spectrums of the dark arts. Which... Could be an interesting showdown because now you are going to have the manifestation of Lilith in terms of Alexa Bliss, and you're going to have Simmel or The Fiend with either Bray Wyatt or The Fiend in this weird ripping apart of something. Now, we know that she's saying she's getting better and darker and learning all these things and doing things, so she might be the more powerful entity. However, Bray Wyatt showed up last Monday, not The Fiend. We haven't seen The Fiend, so maybe... The fiend might actually be gone because if you listen closely to what Randy Orton said, folks, he said, "I don't think the fiend's coming back," which obviously is not going to happen. But... He
1: thought that before too, though, and
0: then sure. out of the burned
1: hole came the melted one.
0: Sure, and that's fine. But I will say there's a lot to 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 snack on when it comes to this stuff and the storytelling aspect of this and the the biblical sense, or just everything. Yeah, keep your popcorn going, folks. There there's going to be a showdown here. So much gaga that I cannot wait, not Lady Gaga, I mean like a full Gaga, all over the damn place. And I, I, I'm I, sitting there, I, I mean, I am like Charlie Day with the red yarn. I am like going all over the damn place, trying to figure out and connect the dots. And thank God Dom's there, because Dom, Dom, when I send him things, doesn't laugh at me. But I'm telling you, man, there's shit going down that we don't even think about. There's Easter eggs I, I can't even unravel. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. And I'm glad you finally found a Watson
1: that can keep up with you because you would try to put me in that role and I just look at you with like a tired. dumb look then been like, I have no fucking clue where you're going with this. But I like it. You finally, you find our, our own Detective Nestle finally has a Watson in Dom. Thank I'm telling God.
0: you, I'm telling ta- without Dom. Take the pressure off me. Yeah. Without Dom, I don't know if I could, I mean, we go back and forth a lot, but um, I, this is interesting to me. This is, this is like the Shiva portion or the Lilith portion, like. And the Sam L thing, like, that's a big deal. Like, a lot of people believe in this thing. So it's getting traction on the internet. And, again, it isn't my thought process, but it's fun to go down that rabbit hole with all these other people and do the research. So I'm I'm excited for some witchcraft shit, man. Like, let's do it. Because, honestly, like, voodoo, I'm into. Like, I actually like Papa Shango. I'm okay with it. So if that's where we're headed, I believe wrestling's a buffet. Give me a little everything. So give me a little witchcraft. I mean,
1: I wants that magic cha chain. Well, my hope Nestlemania, I don't know if you guys were on the Twitter spear, but uh, Karrion cross was tweeting about John Cena and John Cena acknowledged him. And that got me thinking, well, you know, we all talk, we talk about WrestleMania every year, about Cena coming back and feeding with people, blah, blah. But it, I was just really thinking, I'm like, it's one of those things. I know we've talked about it in the past. So you probably made it like a hope and stuff, but like, we've never really seen Cena fully in an NXT environment and obviously now they've shifted to tuesday nights and they're standing on their own and everything and it's just one of those things where i'm looking at carrying cross and obviously like they'll probably do a rematch with balor they could have him face like the colesville o'reilly but maybe it's not imminent but i think sometime during his reign which i would expect to be long and dominant i think it would be really fun to let this guy have a john cena feud and do it under the nxt umbrella because obviously if they waited to like if they did it on SummerSlam or WrestleMania, they could put it on the main card. But I think it's like, we look at NXT, they're fine on their own usually without the star power. But I think it would be really fun because with Cena, it, it's something that he's never done. Like, he's never done the NXT title thing or anything. So I think it would be an exciting lead-in. And it was, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're like booking things and you're talking about Cena dream matches, like this might never come up. But it's something like, Karrion Cross is obviously a guy that WWE is very invested in. Like, with the presentation and everything. it's something, like, as a viewer, it catches our attention with Scarlet and the entrance. And this guy is a big behemoth. And we finally saw him really show his best self in the ring against Finn Balor. So I think a guy like Cena, I think with their styles, I think they would mesh very well. And I think they could have a very competitive, fun, entertaining match, but I think even more so the lead-in. Like, Cena going back and forth with Scarlet, like, I think that would be a lot of fun. Because we've seen it over the year, Cena with managers and just so to me that's my hope is i actually do want to see this um and the fact that cena acknowledged it maybe it's something that he started to think about of making his return at some point and i think it would be a nice surprise something fresh something new something different to have him pop up on nxt and really be in that main event spot for a short time to whether he i mean i doubt he would win but i think it would be a great moment for carrying cross to a guy they're clearly trying to build and i'm sure vince is frothing at the melt that to eventually someday have the main roster to have him in Scarlett. Um, so that's my hope this week. Because I hope we do get to see Cena and Cross at NXT takeover at some point. Because hashtag JC knows, and hashtag JC's hopes come true. It happens. So make it happen.
0: And if we had Braun versus Randy Orton, it'd have been hashtag JC's pants were off. Hey, like Randy Orton said on
1: Twitter, that's the main event, big man. Save it. You know, honestly, the more I think about it, is I know they rip up the scripts. But this is just pure speculation. Obviously, I know nothing. But I could see Randy Orton going into work on Monday, walking into Vince's office and being like, no, we're not doing this match as a regular TV match. This is a feud down the line that I want to have. Let's save it. Because I think the only way that the person that Vince would listen to would be a guy like Orton. So that's obviously pure speculation. But that's the way that I'm going to choose to think it happened because I could see Randy Orton doing that because we know he cares about stuff like that. And that tweet kind of told me, like, this is a good thing because, I mean, we make fun of Braun and whatever, but him and Oren would be a big-time feud someday.
0: They don't have a lot left, it feels like, sometimes. they just Exactly.
1: Just, you know. So that's why it's one of those things. It's like they throw random matches on TV all the time. and go first time ever. Sometimes it's better to save that first time ever in an actual feud. So yeah.
0: Absolutely, instead of on Raw or SmackDown or yep. 205 Live or whatever. <laughs> anyway, my comeback, don't call it a comeback. He's been in catering for years. Humberto, shimmy, shimmy, yeah. When I saw him, I popped. I, I thought of the Joe Stopper immediately. Shimmy, shimmy on an all over his floor. And then uh, all I could think about was, man, he looks great. He looks more serious. He looks like he's cut. He looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, he got the jobber treatment, which it is what it is. I mean, obviously, it the match wasn't even was, a match. To wasn't be a honest. match. So you yeah. know what? You know what? I'm okay with it. Uh, obviously, we're ready for we're settling in. Get you know, get your pop going. Settle into your favorite couch cushion. Uh, we're settling in for a U.S. title ring that's going to go for a while for Sheamus, and that's fine. However. I'm excited for Shimmy. Like he looks like he got he got the glitz and the glamour kind of like stripped away from him in a little bit. He looks a little bit more serious. He has a little bit of facial hair. Like I'm okay with it. Like the look looks good. There's a lot of positives for it. And uh, we, we we fell in love with him obviously because of the Joe Stopper. But goddamn, like his music looks like it just sounds better. I love better. The music. You know, it's I just, love it. <laughs> I don't know. Like I I just it's somebody that you can root for. You know, he's never gonna do anything except probably hit a certain ceiling. Now, probably, I could see him being a guy that has a
1: mid-card title rate at some yeah. point, if done correctly. I don't think it happens here, but I do. I think that's a great comeback, because I was thrilled to see him back. And I think that, you know, if this is a mini-feud for him and Sheamus, I think it's, it's good. And I honestly, I kind of want to talk about here, before I get to my comeback, is the way they're booking the Sheamus thing. Because obviously, we know we saw the backstage segment with Adam Pierce And he was pretty much asking Sheamus to, like, pull a John Cena and be like, you know, mid-card titles, like, open challenges, and that gets excited. But what I loved about it is they're putting a different spin on it with Sheamus because he's like, nah, motherfucker, I ain't doing that shit. Oh, you want me to do it? Fine, I'll do it. So he has it. And before the match starts, he beats the guy up. I would love this to be a trend. Um, they might just use it to set up a match with him and Shimmy. But I, I would love if This was like a thing with Sheamus, that this became like the gimmick because it's a different it's more of the same of like what you see in wrestling. It's all a lot of the same stuff. But like, how do you put your own flavor or different spin on it? I like this little bit of uh, cayenne pepper of uh, Seamus's red on this type of thing.
0: So, did you choose cayenne because it's red? Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you, I don't own spices, let alone a spice rack, so I don't know what I would do with cayenne pepper. But hey, that doesn't surprise me at all. Hey, okay, let's tell you right now. As someone who used to order food with you every week at work, that does not surprise me at all. I'll tell you this much: I married. You know what you like? I know what I like, and I married the right person because she's the same way. She's the I exact same way. I'll tell you this I much. Love it. When there's recipes and it says sprinkle parsley or sprinkle this, that, the other thing, we just look at each other and go, Pfft. What's flavor. I like bland. Nestle's just eating raw chicken, baby. Raw chicken, that's right. Right out of the pouch. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get that thing open, take a bite. Eat your heart out, Balboa. <laughs> I'm beating meat. Anyway, let's get in. Actually, you sorry. You have to come back. I didn't sorry. do your comeback. I'm my I'm comeback. We haven't talked about it yet. Um, it's by design, but. We
1: talked about the Raw team last week. This week, SmackDown has a new flavor, uh, so to speak. They have a little uh, little spice themselves now on commentary. It's Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. I'm glad for now it's just a two-man team because it's like, we talked about Pat McAfee. We gave him newcomer of the year for 2020, like whatever. I just think like him on SmackDown and Fox is a great fit. I think him and Michael Cole will do well together. I think it's something fresh, and it's something that, You know, McAfee, I think you did an awesome job in next scene. it was great. But this is more of that permanent role. Week to week, we'll see how he does. But I think it's, this is a lot of fun, and it also got me thinking. It got me thinking, like, man, him and Kevin Owens would be an incredible feud at some point. Whether it's a SummerSlam or WrestleMania next year, and it's something they can kind of slow burn. You know, they can slow burn a little bit with it, and kind of build it up, because we know, like, that's the stuff KO, like, thrives at, but, like, These two, I think we all went there. It was just like instant, like down the line. But in terms of the short term, like he's getting my comeback because, first of all, it's great to see him there. But I just, I like that these announced teams got a shakeup. It makes me more interested. And now, especially with Graves moving to the different brand and McAfee coming in here, I feel like we get a fresh perspective on all these characters. And I think that's needed
0: every now and then. So, Pat McAfee, my man, you get my comeback. I will say the one tweak I'd like to make on Pat McAfee, and it's fine because it's his first week, but over time... I want him to pick his favorites. I don't want him to always Vince McMahon it and say like this is a main event everywhere or like he was he was I like WrestleMania like I think I think over time just let him be more Pat McAfee-ish and less WWE-ish. I'd be okay with it because that was one of those things I was watching thinking like he's being fed this line or he's trying to impress somebody which I understand because he wants the big boss to like him but I think over time people just generally like what he does anyway. So I don't necessarily believe that he has to go that far. He just has to be himself. Cause that's what brought him to the dance, and that's what people either liked him or didn't. Like, there's a feeling one way or the other about him. So for me, I appreciate the the importance of it, but it's just let me just give me the Pat McAfee that I know we have, and I'm good. That's all I need. I like it. Well, WrestleMania, it's time to get to the big
1: finish. And before we get into the releases, AEW and NXT, I do say that uh, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, five stars, five flames, whatever it allows you to do please do it on all our platforms. We appreciate it. As we mentioned, jobberknocker.com. We have extensive coverage of all the brands. And also, like I said, check out our boy, the Joe Stoppers article in the WWE releases, which we will be hitting on in about 30 seconds. Uh, all the Twitter handles of the staff. We talked so eloquently about in the open uh, are listed in the description of this podcast, so make sure you're following everyone, and feel free to interact, man. We all love interacting with everyone. You know, wrestling's a big happy family. Facebook, Jobberknocker, Instagram, Jobberknocker, because wherever are everywhere you want to be on social media, and buy the merch, man, tpublic.com slash Jobberknocker. There are some fantastic designs that you need to check out, and it's all sorts of customization, as you know from TeePublic. So get on there, buy some shit. We appreciate it, and you'll be looking fly as feathers, bro. Shout out that APM song that is my favorite of all time
0: like five people
1: I understand that reference so oh okay <laughs> yeah. do you still have do you still use that I you I every now and then I bust it out like when I need something like and I don't feel like getting a new song but it's just one of those things it's like only when the moment is really needed I our, 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 uh, uh, one of my co-workers the great Max uh, we did a package like back in the day to like a t- uh, shitty Celtics team in like 2015 or 16 I used that song he retweets that package randomly like at random t- times cuz it was like his favorite thing ever. It was like Jordan Crawford, Gerald Wallace, like just that fun team, you know, you know how much I love my boy J Crow, but it was just that was just one of those shitty teams that overachieved and was a lot of fun and it just it was a perfect storm. So whenever I hear that song, it I always instantly like if I put it on TV Max texts me he's all excited. So shout out APM, don't ever take that song away from me. All right. On that WWE, yeah, i probably I've used it before too because yeah. it's funny. We watch the programming every now and then. I hear a lot of their songs are some of the similars I use for Celtics because we both prescribe to the same library. So it is kind of funny to hear uh, Ty Dillinger's original theme song was something I used to use in montages. So it's it's funny to hear those parallels that uh, you know. So
0: so from random my, thoughts. Yes. Yeah, so from happiness to sadness, Black Thursday occurred. We had I think nine or ten of the. Uh, releases they're not firing I have nine
1: written down i hope i didn't forget anyone yeah releases
0: yep did you add mojo to that
1: yes okay. uh so the list i have we will give it quickly and obviously check out our boy the joe stoppers article i believe he had seven of these individuals um so or no there's actually this ten total because i have the iconics as one but the iconics i think were one of the big ones mickey james chelsea green samoa joe kalisto tucky mojo Raleigh, bo dallas and wesley blake obviously some people on there are people that haven't been used People have been injured. A guy like Joe who's been on commentary. The Iconics have obviously been a big part. still hasn't done anything since he broke away. Mojo hasn't been on TV since Gronk. Bo Dallas hasn't been on TV in years. Wesley Blake, his partner, got released uh, in the winter. Tucker got split away from heavy machinery. So I think if if we knew WWE was releasing people, I think a lot of this list are people we would have thought, but that doesn't mean we aren't sad because for me, I don't know about you, but when I look at this list, obviously, I think they're all incredible for a reason, but The Iconics really hurts because I think we all love them, especially I know you've fallen in love with Billy Kay. Recently, I've always been a big fan of Peyton Royce. Um, So obviously it's very sad, but I also think that this is a great opportunity for them because I think in WWE, like they were where they were, but these are two women that I think going somewhere else, which I 100% think it will be AEW, um, because obviously with Spears there and everything else, I think they can really bring something to that division, and I think that these two could... Really reach a level they probably never would have got the opportunity to in
0: WWE. I 100% concur. I think that, for me, I think there's an interaction that is money on the table, personally. For me, I think it's the iconics and AEW, and they get interacted with with Dr. Britt Baker and Rebel. I think that Hmm. would be... 100%. 100%. Like, when go. I see that, I go, that to me is that. What if they make a faction? Yeah, I'd be fine with it too. Yeah, because I think those guys would all play great off each other. I think that'd be great. I think they all know and how to AEW do it. And if
1: AEW wants to add tag team, women's tag right. team championships at some point, this is the type of duo you need to bring into your brand because they can carry your division as a staple.
0: Yeah, and I honestly, I believe that there's, there's a lot of great talent that AEW has, but unfortunately, it's a certain level. Yes. And I think that that's the hard part is it we're calling not it's not NXT versus AEW or AEW versus WWE whatever. I want AEW to succeed because I have a lot of people that I know that I've interacted with that get chances on AEW Dark. That's awesome. And I want to see all my friends that are on the indie circuit get up because honestly I think that's the best way for them to get noticed is go to AEW because that's just the way it is. But uh, the the iconics are there. They're like they they are they are they are polished, but they are funny. They interact. They know how to do things. They can do all sorts of things. I, I think it's a shoe in personally, and yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Honestly, I don't. I don't feel bad for a lot of these people because I think they're going to be fine. I think it, yeah, that's that. That's my big point is that because I know we all get. I mean, this
1: budget cuts and like releases, like they happen all the time. They're going to happen every year in wrestling, and these are we don't know if like their contracts were up and they decided not to renew or whatever. That's usually how it goes, but. Honestly, when I read off that list, I'm like, I think they're all better off going somewhere else. Like Samoa Joe, I'm curious to see how much he has left in the tank. I thought he did a great job announcing, but I know he can probably definitely still wrestle somewhere. And I think in one of these other promotions, he'll be in a bigger spot, I think, to finish his career. And then I don't know what – I know Mickey James was auditioning to be like a commentator, and they obviously didn't feel like it was enough to keep her around, but – I mean, her, she can do more. Chelsea Green was cursed in WWE. I think we agree with that. Like, yeah. she started to get momentum and then got hurt. So, we obviously know the great success she had in Impact. So, I think she could easily go back there with her hubby who's there now. And then, Kalisto, like, I mean, he's, he had some really good times in WWE. But he just, like, it kind of, I think they maximize it. And I'm curious. He's another guy. I'm interested to see where he go because, like, you know, I, it's hard for me to always get behind, like, the mass superstars because um, I'm, like, big on, like, the facial expressions, and obviously if you're wearing a mask, it's hard to see. But he's always been a guy that had my attention because of his skill set. So he's a guy I'm also keeping an eye on of where he might go.
0: Yeah, I, I can see him going to an impact, although I would love to see him go to AP, APW, excuse me, AEW um, and do something really cool with, with, the you know, the Pentagon and, and like, you know, yeah, Phoenix. I think be cool. that'd be really cool. Again, those are the things that I think necessarily – they scream to the styles. They scream to things that make sense. Sometimes the same style is great. Sometimes it's not. But I think Kalisto, before he got signed by the WWE, was doing amazing work. And... He did some amazing did... work at WWE. Yeah. Like, remember
1: the event we were at? The Salinas del Sol up the ladder? His chair match with Baron Corbin? He had some decent U.S. title reigns. Like, he, there was a lot of great moments for Kalisto. It's just, we don't remember them as clearly because the last few years has almost been nothing and he's been with the freaking Pinata Boys and it just... It wasn't a good finish for him, but I think he did have some really good years where he was really, I think, a top-level talent, and it's, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a positive for him because I think his talent level is incredible, and he'll get a better chance to shine elsewhere. Is there anybody else you want to discuss? Not personally. The only thing I want to say is uh, you did tell me way back on this podcast that Mojo Raleigh was the next John Cena. Um, so how do you feel about that take, Nestle <laughs>
0: this is not <laughs>
1: it's ne- it literally my favorite nestle take of all time like you have some good ones but like this take I remember when you said it I kind of looked at you and then I laughed and then like I realized you were kind of serious and I was like I'm, I think it's awesome that you're all in this but it just it's looking back it's legitimately I think my favorite take you've ever had
0: this is not the nestle you're looking for yeah. <laughs>
1: it's so good and the best I, part is you've owned it the yeah. best part is you've always owned that take because it was a genuine take and like it just it i i love it that's why it's my favorite like whenever i think about it i smile because it just it's i just i remember that moment when you first said it and i was just, just kind of like is he for real and it's just it ah uh, i love it i, I will say it. this much the good good job or knocker five-year memory
0: yeah exactly right <sighs> There's no other reason. I mean, my pants are down. I just, I called a bad one. Like, there's no no other way to say it. Like, you get them wrong, right? Like, that one I got dead. This one was a swing and a miss, folks. Completely. 100%. But honestly, here's the thing. And I think this is is, is a caveat to, like, why we do what we do on the program. There's so many podcasts out there. There's so Mm -hmm. many things out there. Sometimes you need something like that to be as ridiculous as possible to believe in because everybody else feels the same way. Like you and I, until we started this podcast, we thought the same way. Yeah. But now you and yeah. I are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Well we still I think a lot of times we
1: do we think on lines with some of the same lines, but I think we look at it through different avenues. And that's what creates our like of why we have such different takes is that even when we agree on stuff, we're looking at it from different angles. We have different perspectives of it based on our backgrounds and whatever and the way we look at things. And I think that's why it's always been so fun the last five years is because, yes, we have some epic disagreements because of those different perspectives. But even like when we do agree, I feel like we agree with each other, but for very different reasons, like the road we took there, like. You know, sometimes I take the highway, you take the back road. Sometimes you take the highway, and I'm fucking trudging it through the woods, you know? But I think it's—I think that's part of why I think these last five years have been such a fun ride. And I'm uh, very thankful to have had all you guys on it with us. And uh, let's do at least five more, right? You know, why not?
0: Yeah, my kids will be, what, six by then? Sure, that'll be great. We'll have them on. We'll start talking about John Cena again. It'll be great. Yeah, they'll
1: have better takes than
0: we will. I don't know. Right now, uh, I don't know. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> Although they, they're getting talkative, so that's great. Yeah. Um, you have
1: anything else in the releases, or should we talk about the shows? Let's just go about the shows. All right. So NXT um, is uh, now Tuesday night, so I apologize for listening after. Um, but I saw some notes. The big match this week seems to be Dexter Lumis versus LA Knight. I think that's interesting because I think um, those two guys, character-wise, I think will be very interesting.
0: i I, listen i'm a big fan of la knight's promos not a fan of his wrestling so it's hard for me to really get into it when the bell guy
1: like loomis i think it's going to be a lot more gaga than true wrestling
0: listen i hope so because loomis has me like this indies thing with loomis always cracks me up so like that has me uh doing the sherry martell wink and faint business like i I loved it i loved it the fact that johnny was like where were you and he was just like "Ah, you know i had to go do a thing it made perfect sense like the way, here's here as much as I'm I give TJ shit, and I've given TJ a lot of shit, so I apologize to TJ sometimes. But it's for the betterment of the program. Um the when I look at the way, I look at Johnny Gargano and Candace as the parents, and the other two are just idiot 100%. teenagers, and they're yep. losing their shit every single time they do something because Austin Theory does something stupid. And then you didn't expect Indy, because Indy was kind of like there she was just kind of like yeah Yeah, but i think this is the the hashtag
1: index we're all into it but like i mean you mentioned his name austin theory i think is my favorite part of nxt right now he is just uh, you talk about a guy who's been through the rainer the last year like the high highs and not then like getting like down that's like this this johnny candace like like hold the way thing has been one of the best parts of nxt for months now and i think that we're gonna they're probably gonna play a role in this match too um so i'm curious to say it but the, the other two notes i have is Kyle O'Reilly finally returns and Saray is making her NXT debut. I don't really know anything about her. I'm curious if you do and you could fill me in, but uh, they're making a big deal of it. So she must be very talented.
0: I don't know enough about her. I know that she is a big deal where she came from. And I think that that's kind of a giant setting. I mean, she had the wave for an NXT stand up and deliver and that whole thing, like with Steph. So clearly like they made a big deal of it. I don't, necessarily think you're going to hate her because, honestly, anybody from over, overseas in Japan is just, like, amazing. So, for me,
1: yeah,
0: I, I th- and here's, here's the thing. If you look at it this way, the people that you can rely on the most, in my opinion, are the people from Japan. They're durable. They're hard-hitting. They make it look legitimate, and they're always going to give you something to think about. Asuka kind of set the tone, right? Then we had, well, God bless her heart, she's no longer there. Kairi Io
1: Shirai really lifted EO it lifted more.
0: it up even more, and yep. I think she's going to continue that legacy of amazing Japanese wrestlers in WWE. Because honestly, they up until Asuka, they, they've had a couple, but now we're seeing the trend of like just amazing athletes that get surrounded by people who can mesh with the style. So I, I don't know enough about her, but I'm excited to know, to learn more.
1: I like it. Um, do you want to jump over to AEW quickly? Sure. What the hell. So their big match this week, uh, there is a women's title match. Holy Shida, Hikaru Shida defends against Ty Conti, who is this is the one rankings they actually allude to on the program and they use the storyline because Britt Baker has been very big about her climb of it is the woman's rankings. They've been adamant about Taekwondo being number one for weeks. The number one contender is actually getting a match, so I'm very happy about that. I think she's... You want to talk... If we gave out Most Improved awards and stuff like that, I think she would be the top of the list, I think, the last year. Moving to AEW really, I think, saved her career because we agree, like, she kind of reached the pinnacle at NXT and WWE wasn't going anywhere with her, and... You know, I think Jericho helped her get in the door, and she's kind of ran with it. And now this, I think, is a big spot. We've seen her have some nice matches with people. But I am curious to see how long her and Sheeta go, um, because I think that this will really be a good barometer to see how far she's come. And I obviously expect Sheeta to retain, but I am very happy for Tay Conti getting
0: this opportunity. I'm excited because, obviously, she gets everybody excited for different reasons. So I'd be curious to see if they give it to her, because I think there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, I I think that would be a cool,
1: like, shocking, like, whoa, TV moment, you know, especially because they're new on Wednesday night. Sheeta has had this long reign. It would be a cool, oh wow, moment. I'm not so sure they'd do it, but honestly, I'd be all for it too.
0: Yeah. Also, I I, want to say real quickly that there are a couple matches in here that I believe are snorfests. That's that that I believe. Billy Gunn versus Q T Marshall. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) that's as as high as on my list of Snorfests that I could possibly imagine. The factory yeah. versus the the the, the non factory or whatever the hell they're calling themselves, the cheesecake factory versus anybody else. I don't even
1: know what you're talking about.
0: So the factory, the nightmare factory, is like where they train wrestlers.
1: Oh, oh the, the so okay, now nightmare it's a split family.
0: of like gotcha. Cody's nightmare factory and then the other factory with QT, QT so Marshall, whatever. So I honestly, his name I don't,
1: is. I don't hate the story, but I just I don't care about the matches. Like I'm never gonna care about a QT
0: Marshall match. You know what I mean? I just – I'm not – I'm not – There's a lot There's a lot on there that – there's a lot of meat on the bone that nobody's going to eat. I mean, I, that that is a vegetarian surprise I don't care about. It is just – it's awful, folks. It really is. But here's here's some other things that, like, for me – and, again, I, I'm me. I'm on Nestle Island. Darby Allen has been put up against people that are his size, which I get because he needs to have a long reign <laughs> of, like – I don't necessarily believe that Jungle Boy is a tomato can. I don't. I think he he's He did awesome. fight Brian Cage, though. Right, but that was kind of, like, an iffy, like – Schmauzy yeah. finish. But they're finding ways to like highlight Darby Allen with Sting, and I get that. Which is a good good or a good shoe-in for, for you know Sting, but is Sting overshining everything in this TNT run? I don't know. Yes. You know? Hundred percent. Like I like and honestly watching it, it's like why
1: if Darby Allen's gonna be carrying around Sting, literally, like Sting is his title, why does he need the prop? You know what I mean? So to me it's felt redundant for him to have both. But it's just one of those things. That's what they're doing with it. But, yeah, no, I agree. I think 100% overshadows the title.
0: And then we have something that I believe is a snore fest. As much as I love this man, I think he should never have come back into wrestling. We have Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Christian Cage, which will obviously lead from Christian Cage fedding Brian Cage inside of a steel cage at some point, I'm sure, because we got to have that triple cage. That's where we're headed. I don't give Aye. a slam about this one. Honestly, I, I,
1: I will say Brian Cage is one of the guys that I've come around on recently. And so I wouldn't mind. I think him and Christian would be good. I was surprised that um, for Christian's second match, we're going to Hobbs as opposed to like a Ricky Starks. Um, but I am curious to see how Christian does in a more, because like Hobbs, like he's a, he's a good wrestler, but he's more like he's called powerhouse for a reason. Like he's, a, he's like the big muscle guy, you know what I mean? So I will be interested to see how a Christian match is coming back from injury against a guy who should be overpowering him. But I don't expect it to be a lawn or a five-match class, five-star uh, classic or anything. But, but yeah, it's not. It's not going to get me to jump out. I will say the match that I saw that kind of got my uh, my pants in a tingle was uh, Hangman versus Starks.
0: So that's where I was headed because I think that that one is. So here's here's where they they don't care about the overall rankings. But it says here on the the, uh, the graphic, ten straight wins for your boy Ricky, ten and one and eleven overall for your boy, for him against Hangman's number hang, one. Hangman's number one with a eight straight wins, singles wins, and a 12-match streak. So he's he's up there. I like that they're doing that because it has a sense of meaning. About time. But where's the stakes? Like, what happens? Somebody well, loses, I get like, it, but what happens? Yeah. So the the winner of this match
1: should be the number one contender and should get a title match. Sure. But I just don't know how soon they're going to Omega Hayman. So imagine if they pull the upset here and it starts when I doubt it. I think this is just more of a chance for Heyman to rack up Ws. But, again... Make they're making the women's rankings meaningful right now. Please make the men's rankings meaningful because we know the tag team rankings are never going to be meaningful the way they booked that division with the fucking paper champions they got. So
0: that's true. I uh, I've I've fallen out of love with the Bucks. So that which
1: tough. is a shame because I I've always been like a, a big fan from afar. But man, I just think that storyline has been. One of the worst things in wrestling in 20, 2021. If like if we gave out three month knocker awards, my worst thing of the year would be this fucking young Bucks, Kenny Omega nonsense. It's horrible to watch every week. It's not no, they, good.
0: They're gonna they're gonna make a lot of mistakes. They're still very young in terms of like figuring out the television. So I get it. Bad. But it's just yeah. Uh, so they, those, they do
1: a great they do a great YouTube show, but they do a fucking horrible TV product. It's just I don't know them. This storyline being in the tag. It's like it's again. It's like it's the same thing. The point I think with Darby Allen is is like. Do they need to be champions and have this stupid storyline at the same time? I think one overshadows the other, and it makes it less meaningful, so I don't know. Yeah, That's just me, though.
0: I, but I am excited to see at some point, as we've talked about, you know, rebellions on, on the horizon soon, as well as the uh, Guts and Glory War Games the match. No,
1: yeah, the, I mean, they're just they're riding the coattails of this oh, inner yeah. circle, pinnacle match, and they're going to be riding it for however once in five weeks. But I can't wait yeah. for that as well.
0: It's going to be agree. fun. So, I, honestly, we got to put up with the bullshit to get to where we want to go. That's really what it Don't is. Don't like it is. It doesn't mean I have to like it, Nestlemania. You sound like me. And on that note, we should probably stop because then if you end up like me, then there's two me's and nobody will listen. So that's bad. So that's where we're going to end. Agreed. On that note, we thank you for listening to the five, I guess the fifth birthday. I was going to say five-year anniversary. It's the fifth birthday of the job in We're in kindergarten, baby. And we still act like it. On that note, Thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber <laughs>